Hey y'all, I'm Tara Royer-Steele, and welcome to the Jesus Pie and Coffee podcast, the place where we have real conversations over pie and coffee. Hey y'all, today I talk with my friend Sue Bidstrup. She has um, all the things Great Big Yes, Great Big Yes podcast, Great Big Yes life coaching, and she's um, just started this new membership to encourage um, entrepreneurs and women and celebrate each other. So y'all go grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us. Okay, friend. Um, hey, y'all. This is my friend Sue Bidstrup. She's um, here on the podcast, and I'm excited to chat. Um, Yay! Hi, ha- hi. <laughs> have we? We haven't met in real life, have we? No, okay. we haven't met in real life. You came on my podcast, yeah. Great Big Yes, and um, I think you reached out first through Instagram. So we're just kind of friends from far away, but I plan to make it there soon and have some yeah. pie. No, it's totally going to happen. I just was going, we didn't, right? And I'm just right. having a lapse in thought right. process right now. Yeah. But yes, um, I don't know how I found you. I think it had something to do with um, maybe live coaching or I was searching yeah. for podcast. I'm not real sure what it was. Yep. Could have been either of those things for sure. But I'm so glad you reached out because then it turns out that I had been to the pie shop um, and we had mutual friends and stuff. So it was good. It was a great connection. Happy to be here. Yeah, I, I mean, I really do. I love love what you're doing. I feel like I learned stuff from you. Oh, so, hey, it's you. working. Good job, friend. Yeah. <laughs> Keep doing it. Thank you. It's always good to hear that, right? Sometimes we put stuff out there and we don't know. You're Is like, anyone listening? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because yeah. there's so many people who are trying to get their attention. Yes. Yep. That whole yeah. game. I do feel, though, that, and I posted about this the other day, but I really do feel like God's been showing me um, just how to be present with the people that are right in front of me. Like, yes. it's not about numbers. It's really not. And I think that's something we struggle with when we're entrepreneurs or we're visionaries and we have this imagination of, like, what it could be like and what it hopefully will be like one day. But right. When it doesn't start out exactly like that, we start to panic. And I really do believe it's about taking care of the people that are there with you, whether that's one or 10 or a hundred or a thousand, right? Because then it's only going to grow if you take care of the people that you have now. So Um, I can relate on that or talk on that really quickly. Last night, like we were talking earlier, um, is on Sunday nights, you carved out this time um, to be quiet for three hours. And we created a space where you can come and sit and there's nothing but praise and worship music playing. There's a pot of decaf, bottled water, and there's slices of pie. And I never know if anyone's going to show up or if like five or six people are going to show up. I mean, I know we're in the middle of nowhere and it's not easy for people to just come. Um, and last night, I was in College Station, so I couldn't be there. And one of um, the gal, one of the pie chicks, you know, we call them pie chicks at the Pie Haven. Um, <laughs> she came out there and said, "Hey, I'll be the person." And we had set this up, but she said, "I'll be the person that you know welcomes people and sits out here." And I told her, I said, "Listen, there's normally always someone shows up, and it might be one person." Or nobody. And last night I sent her a text. I was like, did anyone come? And she's like, no. And I was like, awesome. Then that time was just for you to sit there. And she got all this homework done and and got to be quiet. And and she's a college student and she lives in College Station. So it's really not quiet there. But I just, um, like you were saying, it's so hard because you're like, do I, it hasn't been going on for more than, you know three or four months, five months. And, but you're You're like, like, do I keep going? Yeah. And I'm like, it's not costing me anything to open up the doors. So I should keep doing it. But do I, do I, okay. Do I change it up a little bit now? Do I just make it once a month? So it's even more like, I, I can't make an, you can't make an excuse. Oh, I'll go get quiet next week. Oh, I'll go sit in the word next week, you know, cause I'll go next Sunday, but then you oh. don't ever go. 
So well, do, I think that's a great idea. If do you I just made do it, it once um, a month and then you're like, you don't have a choice. This is your one chance if you want to do it. Yes. I think that's a good idea. It makes it more, I guess the scarcity of it mm-hmm. makes it more desirable. Um, yeah, but I do have to, and I did tell you this before we started recording, you know, I saw you posting about that and I thought, that sounds so lovely to me. Right. Like if I was near you, cause I'm in Austin, so I'm a couple hours away. I, if I was near you, I would be there and that would be this like sacred space for me where I could just be quiet and like, I wouldn't have all the distractions of my home and I could be, um, yeah, that's exactly creative. what it was mm-hmm. created that space for that. So you don't yeah. wash dishes and you don't do laundry. And, you know, even when my kids are up there and I was like, I'm sorry, my kids are being loud. They're like, I do not care because they are not my children and they are not <laughs> saying mom, mom, mom. Exactly. It's like we don't even pay attention. We no. don't even hear it when it's not our own kids, for sure. And that's yeah. true. I wish I, everyone, y'all all hear that. Nobody's worried about what your child is doing. Okay. So quit worrying oh, about sure. that. Well, and I want to encourage you too, because my thing is I coach women visionaries and entrepreneurs and women who have these ideas who are doing really cool things. And I think sometimes we, you know, if we look at numbers and then I want you to know and to hear that I saw what you're doing and I thought it was a brilliant idea and I wished I could be there. And so some of growth has to happen really slowly where you don't even ever see it. Like if I wasn't talking to you right now, you wouldn't know that I thought that, but think of how many other people are out there in the world, seeing your posts, seeing that space that you've created is so cozy and so awesome. And they're wishing they could go and they're going to make a point to go and they're going to tell their friends to go. Right. And so all of that, like organic growth takes time and you don't always see it, but it's happening. And if you still feel like you're called to create that space, then I say, keep doing it because people, if it's resonating with you and it's somewhere you would want to go and you know, it's resonating with me, then other people are also feeling that they just haven't taken action yet. Well, thank. But it doesn't mean that your idea is not good. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. I I haven't felt like, no, we shouldn't do this anymore. For one, I normally love going up there because I'm like, well, that's when I get a lot of work done, you know, um, leaving the house and going up there and doing that. And, and I know that it's in that quiet and that keep on pushing through and the persevering that, you know, God just keeps talking and whispering and he, no, he hasn't said, no, don't do this anymore. He just was like, maybe try it this way a little bit. Which yeah. then frees other Sundays to do other awesome vision, you know, visions that he's given, yes. you know, to do those on Sunday evenings. Um, and so it kind of last night and this morning said, oh, okay, well, maybe we could do this then since we're not doing this on every Sunday night. Yes, right. Yeah. You know, when I, I was a yoga teacher and when I first started teaching yoga, some days no one would show up. And I remember sometimes it was discouraging, but then I would recognize like, this is time for me just to meet with the Lord and to be prayerful and to move my body, or maybe just to sit and think, um, to listen to music. Like I could be there in that space. I'd already carved out the time. And so I started looking at that as a gift, like, okay, well, this is just, people will come next time. But for now I get to be present here for myself and creating and kind of envisioning in my own mind and not being worried about people right now. Cause they're not here. So I get to do, but it's a gift for, to yourself that you wouldn't have carved out if you wouldn't have said, we're doing this. Amen. Yes, totally. Amen. Amen. Love it. <laughs> okay. So since we scrolled way without talking about who you are, but you've already said what you do. Cause I, and I love all the things that you, I love it. I love the whole Thank life coaching. You. Cause I've just, been interested in knowing more about that. Like, yeah. So, okay. So tell me about your family first. My family. Okay. Awesome. Well, so I've been married 25 years to, um, my, I've known my husband since high school. So, um, we didn't date until after college, but I've known him for a really long time and we've been married 25 years. We're from, so like the same hometown and actually I'm from DeKalb, Illinois, and he's from Sycamore. So kind of like right next to each other. Um, but we grew up together and then, um, 
Yeah, we ended up together. So we've been married 25 years. I have three kids. I have a 22-year-old daughter. Um, she's a senior in college. I have a 20-year-old daughter as a sophomore in college. And then I have a 17-year-old son. And so um, he's going to be a senior in high school next year. He's a junior. So in a couple years, we're going to be empty nesters, which... Ooh. Are you excited? It's so exciting. Yes, okay. I am. I am. I'm excited for what that means and just being able to travel. And I love, I love this age of the kids. I, it's challenging, but I think it's really cool to see your kids kind of becoming who they are and branching out on their own. And they're just cool to hang around with. And I just like this kind of teen and young adult stage. So I always try to encourage young moms because I think sometimes people are dreading it. Like it's going to mm -hmm. be the worst thing ever. Um, but it's not, it's a really cool stage. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'll miss them, but, um, you know, as long as I don't know, they're doing good and, and we're all kind of still connecting that I, I think it's a good opportunity for my husband and I to kind of have some fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, okay, so are your kids nearby? Yes, A&M and um, St. Edwards is my senior, and then that's in Austin, and then Texas A&M in College Station, which you mentioned a couple times, which I yep. love. And um, then my son is here. He hopes to go to UT. Um, he wants to stay in Texas, too, which is a miracle because we're not from Texas. Right. We, we are from Chicago, and we moved our whole family out to Texas um, when I had a junior in high school, a freshman in high school and a sixth grader. And we had been in the same town for, you know, like 18 years. And we had been really entrenched in the community. We loved our people. Like we had really strong friendships there. Our families were nearby and it was a really tough move, but it was definitely where God was calling us. And my husband had this great opportunity but even more than that, it was, it felt like it was about more than that. You know, I would picture moving and I would feel this lightness and this excitement and this like opportunity and possibility. And it just felt like we had to go. So it was really exciting time, but it was also really sad because we were saying goodbye and it was particularly sad for the kids. And I think they, they felt a little bit, um, just shell-shocked because we kind of did it pretty quickly. It was like ripping off a Band-Aid. We kind of got out of it. We always joke, like, people might think we are we were running from the law or something. We left, like, in within three weeks because my husband oh my got gosh. the job. And school was starting. And so we were kind of like, either we're going to get there now and get you into school um, right away, which was a good point for my sixth grader and my freshman. They were starting with everybody else. And mm -hmm. so we wanted to do that. Anyway, my point to all of this is, is five years later, and I've got two in college who stayed in Texas and the third one wants to stay in Texas as well. So Texas kind of takes you in and then you never want to leave. <laughs> that's um, true. That's what happened to us here. So yeah, they are nearby. So I love that too. And they're both at good schools. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing great. And my oldest, you know, she had suffered from um, dyslexia and ADHD. And so she struggled in school. And I've told her story a lot. I wrote an article about it and it's been published. And so people know she's she's okayed me to talk about it. But, you know, it was a real struggle for us um, just with her, you know, moving after we had done all of this advocacy and she had all of these plans in place and she had all of these, like, um, I guess, things to help her and tools. And she knew everybody and she knew who to go to. And, and then we kind of moved to this whole new district and had to kind of start over and do that again. And, and she would, you know, we weren't sure if she was going to go to college and then she just did really, really well and became an advocate for herself and really kind of blossomed and figured herself out and now is graduating college. And so that was ever since, um, she, we learned that she had learning disabilities, um, early on, like in second grade, our prayer has been that, that she could get through schooling in a way that felt really positive to her and that she could feel really good about herself in that and hopefully graduate college one day. So a lot of answered prayers, um, with her. And so this may, we're going to be celebrating big for Natalie. That's super awesome. exciting. Yeah. So going through that whole, um, you said that she has just diagnosed with learning disorders. So yeah. she, was it dyslexia and ADHD? Mm. Yeah. Can you like, she, please yeah. describe to me what ADHD looks like to you? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and for, for Natalie, it was never the H part. She was not any, she was not hyperactive in any way. Like she was quiet 
and shy. And so teachers wouldn't recognize right away that she was distracted because she would kind of fake it. She would kind of be in her chair and it would be fine, but she was not fully um, able to focus. So that's what it looked like to her. Like she would just kind of look out the window or daydream or, but when she would get focused on something that she loved, like her art, she's an artist. If she would get focused on her art, she would do it for hours with such intensity and like do it so well that you were like, okay, so we know she can focus. (laughs) It was just, she wasn't going to be able to focus on certain things. Um, And so it was just kind of learning how her brain worked. And, you know, I, I always like just say it's a learning difference. It's not like a disability. I mean, I I've said that word, but it's more of a, just a learning difference. So it's about figuring out, all right, what works for you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think there, there used to be this feeling of like, oh, we have to fix kids that are different. And now I think we're really, a lot of the schools, thank, thank goodness. And a lot of people and teachers and everyone is coming into understanding they're all different. They're all learning different. And it's just, how do we help them and find the best way for them to learn? Um, you know, how do we accommodate them, but also how do we see what their strengths are and how do we totally lift them up for the strengths that they have versus telling them, you know, they don't fit into a mold. There's a really good quote, um, and it says something like, "If you, I think Einstein said it, but it was, it says something like, um, if you try to convince a fish that he has to climb a tree, he's always going to think he's stupid. Mm, yep, I think so. Right, but like the fish is beautiful and swimming and doing the, all these beautiful things that only fish can do, right? So it's understanding that we're all different and we all bring different gifts to the table, but it's hard in a traditional school setting when... Um, you know, certain criteria need to be met for those teachers to be considered successful. So they're trying to make sure all the kids meet those criteria, right? And so that's hard. But I would describe it as um, she just wasn't able to focus. Um, And then some kids have that hyperactivity part of it too, where, um, you know, they, there was some of that in the way that like she would have these tools where she would have a pen that had a clicker on the end. And you know how people can sit there and click their pen, but it didn't make any noise. So she could have that in her hand and just click it and it didn't make any noise and no one would know she was doing that. So we had little tools like that. Um, cause sometimes kids with ADHD need to move. They can't sit in a seat. So a lot of schools now are letting you sit on a um, right. ball or, yeah. yeah, or stand. A lot of companies now have people with standing desks or treadmill desks, things like that, that are super cool Yes, because a lot of our innovators and our most creative people, um, our visionaries, a lot of them you know, have ADHD and they need to move while they think and while they work. And so I love all the innovative ideas that are coming out of that. Yeah. I've seen that with my, with Bentley and the, like one of the, my favorite stories is that, um, he, he would do horrible at testing at a desk, but then they would just let him pick somewhere. And sometimes it was on top of the file cabinet (laughs) and that's where he would take his test and he would get great grades, you know? So oh, I love, love that, that they they see that, they embrace it um, yes. for each child. And I know that's so hard because then you really have to get to know each child and yes. um, dig in and learn about them. Yes. Teaching is not easy uh, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't say enough about how grateful I am for those teachers that encouraged her, um, you know, that really took the time to say, your writing is really excellent. You know, they didn't say you spelled those words wrong or you didn't right. have the right punctuation. They said, these ideas are incredible. Right. You know, and it's about that. It's, it's, isn't it about that though? And like, I was like, like but it shouldn't it be that way in general? Yes. Right? We need to hold each other accountable. Yeah. But let's not yeah. keep pointing out the negative. Yes. Yeah. So through that whole time with your daughter and the dyslexia, um, did God use that time to, um, bring you through a hard season, teach, what did he teach you? Oh, oh girl. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so different times throughout it. One of the things that she struggled with too was, um, like socially she would struggle sometimes and I would worry, you know, like, does she have friends? Like, is she doing okay? And so sometimes I would take her, 
And I remember specifically taking her to a counselor, a Christian counselor, and I had her talk to the counselor. And then I talked to the counselor after. And she said to me, there's nothing wrong with your daughter. This isn't even about her. This is about you. Mm. And I remember were you, how, how did you react to that? I was feeling offended, right? Uh (laughs) Um, offended, but also I knew that it was true. Right. Um, and I had, you know, and it's funny because when we were talking about doing this podcast, you asked me what I am on the Enneagram and I'm Mm -hmm. a three and a three is an achiever. Um, and so, right. And so I like to do things. I like to think of an idea and then totally make it happen. Like I want to execute. You go kick down doors sometimes and you shouldn't. Oh, 100%. What? (laughs) Yep. I'm a two wing. Do anything about that? Yeah. Um, so that was one counselor said that, but my husband had said that a few times to me, like, it's not about you. And so I had to really do some inner soul searching about, you know, and I think a lot of moms go through this. A lot of parents go through this where your, your, your child's living out like their journey, but you're kind of making it about you, but you don't realize you're making it about you, but the things that make you uncomfortable you don't want them to have to go through, even though that might be the best thing for their growth. You're trying to like rescue them from it. So you look a certain way or you feel a certain way. And so I realized that and I just, I, I, it wasn't like immediately I could stop doing that, but I did realize, and I, I, it was about surrendering. I remember there was a point where I felt like I was praying about Natalie and my I just felt God saying, you can rest. Mm -hmm. And I've got this. You can rest. I've got this. And it felt like a relief. Like I don't have to save her. She doesn't need saving. (laughs) She doesn't need fixing. There's no like special formula that I'm going to come up with. That's going to unlock all of this. Like this is her life and her journey and she's beautiful and she's uniquely designed and he has great plans for her and she's awesome. And everything that was making me feel that it wasn't okay was on me. And that was hard to swallow, but necessary for my own growth and for her to be able to just be herself and for me to love her well, where she is and not keep thinking about the next step. Cause it would be like, Oh, the next test is coming. I would be nervous. And it's like, well, or like the next thing is coming up and I would want to make sure. So it was kind of like a, I was just, wasn't letting her be free in who she is. And so getting that, you know, I think God teaches us things for ourselves that are really, really important in parenting. Like if you think about it, when you are like, I don't know about you, but I grew up, um, I grew up Catholic. So it was more of religion or like legalism than it is like grace. Right. And so when you think, when I think about my trajectory in that, I think about parenting. Cause I think when the kids are really little, we need to like be legalistic. We need to keep them out of the street so they don't get hit. Right. We need to keep them, you know, away from the hot stove. And so we need to say, these are the rules you need to follow them. And so God teaches us that too, right? Like the commandments and all of the things we learn when we're kids. And then when we start coming up, we, when their kids start growing up, they start to get a little bit more independent. And same with us, even in our, in our faith life, we start to get a little bit more independent. We might start asking questions. We we might start doubting. We have to make our faith our own. And I think what it moves from is like behavior modification. Like you need to behave this way to freedom. When we have freedom with grace and in Christ, we have freedom. That's kind of like parenting, right? So they start out little and we're like telling them everything they need to do. But if we're still telling them everything they need to do as they grow up, that's not freedom. That's that stifling feeling that legalism feels like where I'm never going to be good enough and I'm never, I'm going to have to earn my way. And if I don't earn my way, then what's going to happen and I'm not worthy and all of that. And so I never want to make my kids feel like that. Just like God wants us to be free. I want my kids to be free. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I feel like that's what he showed me is like, Hey, look, the same process you're on with me, they're going on and Mm -hmm. I want you to be more like me. (laughs) 
God's saying that, you know, I want you to be more like me than like you and your humanness and like your um, kind of limiting beliefs about what's possible. So in answer to your question, yes, I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> well, I th I, it's great that you, well, we don't always um, do so great in the receiving of all of that and being able to recognize and um, embrace it and learn from it. Right. It takes time, right? It, it It's kind of a slow process, but oh yeah. Yeah. It's for sure. sure. <laughs> Don't you think our kids are the greatest teachers though? I mean, God no. uses our, and our marriage, I think. I feel is like big. I've, all I want to do is talk about my kids. And yeah. so, yeah, there, I've learned so much from my children. Yeah. Um, I, I love them. I told, so Rick and I, we don't parent differently, but what we do differently is that I'm like, I told them one day in February, we will skip school and we will go do something together. And Rick, <laughs> and I said, and I just really was like, not like, don't listen to your daddy, but I didn't say that. But I was just like, I know what your daddy's thinking because he says, <laughs> I think that's stupid. And I was like, that's fine. You can have that opinion. We're going to skip school and go have a day. Because I was like, I really don't think that there's anything they're going to learn on that day that we decide to skip that right. is going to be more important than the whole day that we have together. Because I know that the book is coming out, Spring Break, The Wildflowers, um, Antique Week. All, I know the next two months are going to be insane. Yeah. From just history. And the kids know what that season is like because they're like, oh, it's Antique Week. And they know it. And they're yep. like, the only good thing about Antique Week is that grandma stays here for three weeks. And oh, otherwise, okay. they don't get excited about it. Well, they're a lot better because they know that mom and dad, they do get, we do get to come home and see them in the evenings. And we do see them in the mornings and the weekends, not like it used to be a long time ago. So, right. um, yeah, I, I love the kids. And I just, I love the, the age that they're at and... I don't know that I really liked babies and toddlers. I'm going to be real honest. Yeah. Same. I think I like this age way better. Me too. Yeah. When they start getting like, older. I'm hungry. Awesome. I'm not. How cooking. old There's are your corn dog? Brayden is um, almost 11 and Bentley just turned nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fun. They are. And they're just mama boys. So. Yes. And of so course, you, you mentioned as you were talking about like what's coming up and everything, I want to ask you, so yeah. your book is coming out when, like officially, like March it's out? 3rd. Oh, March 3rd. Yay. How are you feeling about all that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. And, um, right now I'm doing kind of like, okay, what is the next right thing for me to do? So this week I'm like, you're going to, we're going to do these big tasks that have been on your list for a really long time. It's like, it was like we had a party last week, a book launch party for the team. Um, yeah. And so, of course, you get all these projects done, right? Nothing like a party right. to make you do things. Yeah. And I feel it's like you're having a baby. So you have one month before the baby gets here. And then it's going to be, I mean, I'm only anticipating, hoping, dreaming, believing that it's going to be crazy good, right? Yeah. So um, just finishing all these projects so that we don't have to worry about them. And I just love, and I'm so grateful that I get to be, that I'm able to do that in this season. Yes. Um, cause a long time ago, the list would have just kept going and they never would have gotten done. Yeah. So yeah, you have everything you need and God's setting it up, right? Like going before you and setting it up. So it's going to be so fun mm -hmm. and you'll be able to hopefully just enjoy that time. And it, cause it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I, th I think that's one of my one one hard one thing I struggle with is um, receiving all of that mm -hmm. and soaking it all up and celebrating. Like it just seems not like it's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. Something you know when good, I'm and it's like it's not it's not about me, but right. You, you're the, you're the vessel and God used you. And so I'm going to keep going out and sharing. Oh yeah. Um, for sure. and so it's, it's, it's just been different and I'm learning to soak it up and enjoy it. Soak up your hard work. I mean, it was hard work. 
For sure. Yeah. And and that's one of the things like when I'm coaching people is I, we always start with what, what successes have you had this week or what successes have you had since the last time? Yeah. And it's so interesting, like how hesitant some women are to share their successes, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's something that we've been taught, you know, to be humble and to, and, and obviously we need to be humble, but there's this sense that we can't celebrate our successes and I don't time. Yeah. They can go hand in hand. Yes. Hey, maybe there's a devotional I should write about. (laughs) Right. I think that's so true. Like humble, like humility doesn't mean like, it's almost like sometimes, you know, when you say to someone, Oh, I really like that shirt. That's so pretty. And they're like, Oh my gosh, it was from target. I got it on sale. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, we are conditioned and trained to kind of do that to like almost belittle ourselves, but really we can just say, thank you so much. And like, yeah. take that compliment and we don't have to, I mean, you can still tell your friend it costs nine ninety nine, but instead of, so if someone says, oh my gosh, I loved your book. It meant so much to me to allow them the chance to say that to you is giving too, because you, you they want to say that to you. You gave right. them something they want to say, thank you. And so just kind of receiving that, but it's almost like a skill we have to relearn or we have to learn for the first time. Some of us. Yeah, totally. I feel like I had to go through a lot of work to get to where I could just to be able to receive anything. Yeah. And that's just from past and digging out all of that. So an approval and guilt. Oh goodness. All those things. Right. 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 And we were talking about service. Our pastor was talking about service and he was, he was asking that question. Are you willing to receive someone serving you? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good question because we, you know, a lot of us are doers um, and we love to serve, but it's really hard to just receive. And I get, I, and that was last Thursday evening. So all day was getting ready for the party, getting ready for the party. And those closest just kept going, are you ready for tonight? Are you ready to just be loved on? And I'm like, okay, sure. And of course, once it got there, you know, I was like, this is so much fun. (laughs) Right. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here in this chair. I'm just going to soak it all up. It's going to be good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So can you tell me a little about life coaching? Cause I'm just like, did you go to school? Did you, I did. I did. I went to school. So I went to school. Yeah. I feel like, okay. So I always say this, but it's just, just so true. I feel like my whole life has like prepared me for this. Like when I was in like high school or grade school, all my life, everyone would just tell me stuff and share things with me. And I remember my dad being like, you need to be a psychiatrist. Like you really should be a psychiatrist, but I never really wanted to be a psychiatrist and like go to med school or whatever. Right. Um, but, and then I just, I ended up going into, like, I started working for insurance after college and started working in human resources. And then I was a recruiter and I've been in sales. So I've done a bunch of things, but still always just really interested in like personal development on my own. And then just like talking to friends for hours and hours and hours all the time about like personal development, right? Like habits and, um, how to be healthier. And I was a yoga teacher and, um, you know, taught people in meditation and just all the different things that I loved about like self-improvement. And I, I became a yoga teacher cause I went through a period of time where I had actually gotten, um, held up at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. And so I started suffering from anxiety really bad and, um, panic attacks. And I lived in Chicago and I worked in Chicago and like to get to work, it it involved like public transportation, a lot of walking on city streets and things that were scary to me then. And I had to like figure out a way to live with this anxiety. And I remember always like getting rushed to the hospital and like nothing was quote wrong, right? Like they didn't know what was going on because physically nothing was wrong. And I was 25. And, um, but then the one doctor talked to me about what happened and she was like, Oh, you're having post-traumatic stress. You know, you should you know, you should do yoga and here's how to breathe and all of this. And so once I started doing yoga and learning about breath and then getting trained to be a yoga teacher and then getting my master's in it. And then I went and learned how to, um, you can get a master's in yoga. Yeah. Like a five. So you get a 200 hour certificate and then you can get a 500 hour certificate. So you just go deeper in it. And then I got trained to teach kids and then I got trained to teach trauma sensitive yoga. Mm. And then I was doing some work with, um, survivors of sex trafficking and teaching them yoga because it's so important to not only do like talk therapy, but 
you know, sure. there's this whole book about like the body keeps the score and it's all about like how your body holds on to your trauma and how yeah. to release that and all of that. So all of this to me is like my jam, like anything that can like help us like solve a problem or develop ourselves in a, in a way, like talking about faith, talking about spirituality, all of, all of this just felt like super intertwined. So I just started thinking about it and praying about it. And I felt like, okay, I really want to learn more about life coaching. And so I started looking into programs and I went to the Christian coach Institute. Um, so it's a Christian life coaching program. Um, and it's just life coaching really. And I think there's so much, you know, you could go on the internet and there'd be 50 people saying they're life coaches and like they have 50 different approaches to things. And you'd be like, what is life coaching? Mm -hmm. Um, so basically what it is, is like helping people get from where they are to where they want to be. So that could take so many forms, right? Like you could want to lose weight. So there might be a life coach who helps you lose weight. And that's just like her niche. That's what she does. That's what she's an expert in. There could be a life coach that helps you um, grow your business. There could be a life coach that helps you, um, gosh, there's so many things, right? Like anything that you could think of exercise more. I mean, things that, so if you think of a goal that you have, a life coach can help you reach that goal. And so there's one-on-one coaching. And so I do that where people will just meet with me one-on-one either in person or like on the phone. Um, but what we're doing is basically it's, it's about what they want in their life. And so I'm asking questions that help them discover kind of what might be getting in the way. So it's like about how, where are you now? How are things going? Where do you want to be? And then what's getting in the way of that? And then we kind of talk about that, right? And how are you going to overcome those obstacles? And how can you be, hold yourself accountable? Or who else do you need to hold you accountable? Like what resources do you need? So it's practical um, movement forward. It's not just chatting. Um, so it's not therapy. You know, when I first started learning about it, I think I was confused on really what it was too, because therapy is about like, if you think of like a straight line and if you think of zero is like the point where you're feeling pretty healthy, you're feeling pretty good. Therapy is like negative psychology. And what that means is it's like something's happened. Like, um, if I like you're having post-traumatic stress or you're having anxiety, those kinds of things are happening, um, or depression, you need a therapist to kind of help you get back to that starting point, that zero point on the scale, if that makes sense. And then life coaching is positive psychology. And so what that means is it's like, you're doing pretty good. You're pretty healthy. Like you don't need any, um, like counseling or therapy, but you just need someone to help you stay accountable. And you just need someone who can help you kind of uncover some of the blocks that you might be in getting in moving forward. So it's all about forward momentum. And so while there's all these different ways we can coach, I think when I first started coaching, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do because I wanted to coach everybody. Um, But as I started having one-on-one clients, almost every single one of my clients I would describe as either a woman business owner, an entrepreneur, or a visionary. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like, like you, like you're starting this thing, you're, you have a business, but you're also like a a visionary. You're creating these new spaces and these retreats and you're doing all of these things. And so I, what I say, you know, my little tagline is that I, um, help them, um, stay on track so they can grow their business without losing their mind. Because what I think has happened is a lot of us get stuck in, like you could decide, all right, I'm going to, um, make a website and you could be stuck in that website making situation for like three weeks and you could be miserable and you're not moving forward and you're stuck. So it's about, all right, what are you doing to move your business forward? What are some practical steps and how can I help you get there? How can I hold you accountable? And also, um, keeping that visionary, like feeling in you, like kind of how we started this conversation where you're, you're thinking of these ideas and things are coming up and challenging you. So a coach is the person you talk to about that. Like, Hey, no one showed up for my thing last night and I'm feeling kind of bad about it. Or only a few people showed up. I'm really kind of worried about numbers. And the coach can kind of talk you through that and ask you, all right, well, how are we going to do this differently? What are some other options and help you? So you're not getting stuck in your own mind. Right. Yeah. So that's it's really easy to go quickly to the, well, this isn't what I'm supposed to be. And this is horrible. And I shouldn't do this anymore. 100%. And I'm going to go bankrupt. And I don't know what I was thinking. And this was a stupid idea. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because for one, the enemy does not want me to open up doors to create a safe place for people to listen, praise, and worship and just read their Bible. (laughs) That would be the number one thing the enemy does not want you to do. (laughs) Dang, devil. 100%. Well, and the enemy doesn't want us living in our, you know, when I first start in our light, um, when I first started um, the podcast, because the Great Big Yes podcast, I started it back in 2016, and I was not strategical about anything. I wasn't a life coach yet. I wasn't thinking anything except I want to talk to all these cool women I know who are doing cool things. And so the tagline in it is just, um, I talk to women who have said yes to a greater calling in their lives, people who are living with passion and purpose and making a difference in the world. So somehow that I don't remember anybody writing that out or anybody helping me. I just kind of came up with that way like four years ago. And now as I've seen God progress this along the path and now coaching and everything that I'm doing, it makes perfect sense that that's where he was leading me because Mm -hmm. I have all these stories of all these women that have done it. And so I feel like my chief job is just to encourage and inspire and kind of model how you can say yes to a greater calling in your life and not get caught up or tripped up by the enemy or by all the things that come at us. And I would say the number one thing that comes at women is overwhelm. They feel overwhelmed, whether it's family, business, friends, relationships, they feel overwhelmed. And so I really feel like it's part of what I can offer is clarity Um, from, you know, so if you don't have clarity, you can't move forward. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you're going to be stuck and overwhelm can lead to fear. And so life coaching ends up getting into some of those as, cause those might be the blocks. Right. And so what I love is just that freedom of like, okay, what if you didn't have any of that? Yes. Where would you go? What would you do? What would you create? Yeah. So yeah. Take out all that stuff. And lots of really cool women in the world doing really awesome things. And sometimes we can be sitting next to that woman. Like you might be at a football game or a basketball game or whatever with your kids. And you're sitting next to this parent for a whole season. And you have no idea that she is this creator who sells art on Etsy or who, um, you know, just started a nonprofit. You, you might be sitting next to her and you don't know. And so part of this is like also trying to get everybody to connect and say, Hey, what are you doing? I want to celebrate you. Right. Mm, There you are celebrating. Yeah. (laughs) I like to celebrate. (laughs) I I do like to celebrate. I like a good party. I I can throw a mean party. Um, Okay. So you have a podcast, the great big yes. Everyone needs to go find that. Yes. Go find that. And then, okay, so if you could tell any everybody about one thing you're doing right now, like, hey, I'm doing this, what is that? Yeah, well, I'm super excited about, um, all right, so I have an online membership group, and it's only $25 a month, but it's for business owners and entrepreneurs and visionaries who are interested in growing their business but don't want to lose their mind or their heart or their soul. So we talk about physical, mental um, emotional and spiritual well-being. While we also talk about things like how to grow your Instagram account or how to do an Instagram story or what it means to like start a YouTube channel. So it's like the practical stuff with, that has to do, like we had a meeting today in Austin and um, with the people that are here and we were doing some Instagram stuff and then we were doing like a little, we made a video and so we posted it and we had the meeting at a woman's place of business so everyone could learn what she right. does. And yes. so it's about just communicating with each other, but also like helping each other. So everybody in the group ends up really adding to the conversation because what they've learned through their own experience is going to help inform everybody else and what they're doing and help them maybe, you know, avoid some potholes. So there's like an in-person component to it if you're in Austin, and then there's an online component to it. So some people are online, some people are in person. So the online group has a lot of resources and we do Zoom calls and Facebook lives and we're in a Facebook live community group. That's really fun and active. So that's what I'm really focusing on right now is building up that membership group. It started in January. Um, but I'm going to leave it open for people to join anytime because it's just getting started. And I think, you know, in this situation, it's like the more the merrier because everybody's bringing what they know. Um, but it's also really fun. Like I like to have fun and it's not super serious. It's, it's about having a balanced life while you're creating this thing. So some people, 
like one of my friends in there, she started um, Be Lydia, which is a nonprofit organization that um, raises awareness about sex trafficking. And so it educates young girls. It has retreats um, to educate young girls so they don't become victims of sex mm-hmm. trafficking. Um, and so 10% of all the profits go to Be Lydia. And she's in the group. And I love having someone in there who started a nonprofit because it's not, yes. it's different than starting a business, right? And so yep. then there's, you know, there's people in there, like some people, maybe you don't have a business, but you want to write a book and you've always wanted to write a book and you're right on the verge of writing a book. You know, you're in this process right now, but like, that's a whole thing too. So, um, it's any woman who has, and it's all women and it's any woman who has like just this desire to grow something or create something, even if they haven't created it yet, if they have that mindset, like that visionary mindset, then we want them in the group. So yeah, it's team. Yes. Coaching and community. I can give you the link. You can put it in yeah. your show notes or whatever. I'll do that. Um, but that's what I'm most excited about right now. And I'm learning, um, just how fun that is because you really start to get to know people and invest in them for the long run. Cause the thing about coaching is it's hard if you just do a one-off with someone, it's fun to have a one-on-one, but doing one coaching call, isn't really going to help you. It's more of an ongoing thing. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who, can't afford or don't want to afford like, um, one-on-one coaching for months, but they could join a membership group cause it's only $25 a month and still really feel those benefits of the ongoing relationship. Um, because we can all start something super gung ho and sure. then like a month later be like, eh, I don't even want to do this business anymore. But if you have yeah, people, it's always hard. yeah, yeah. So it's to encourage us when we're, when we're, you know, feeling down in the dumps, uh, the community can really lift you up and make you laugh. And somebody will send a funny gif or something. And you're like, Oh, okay. I'm back on track. And, um, and the collaboration, it's amazing how a gif will just set you back on track. Isn't it true though? I love it. <laughs> or just make you laugh and go, okay, get over yourself. Rick's, right? my husband's the best at sending those. And you're like, where in the hee-haw did you find that? Oh gosh, they're so funny. Or you're like, what did you search to find that? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Okay. So really quickly, I want to tie this up. Um, Man, I'm like, I'm going to pick one thing for you to share real quickly. I know that you're a hamburger taco pasta kind of girl. Like (laughs) cooking is not your jam. Now my children would be like, well, praise Jesus. I'm going to Sue's house. Um, I really hate cooking. Like my least favorite thing in the whole world is if somebody asks me what's for dinner. Oh, I do not like that though. Because Rick always asks every night. And I was like, don't worry about it. I will make sure you're fed. Do not worry right. about it. But um, I'm in the, I'm in an urge. I think after this, I'm going to go bake because I just have these thoughts of pies that I want to experiment with. So cool. I need to get them out of my head. Because oh, they, love- they don't come as often as they used to, you know? I have to tell you, we got one of your pies for a Christmas gift. Oh, you did? Yeah, and it was so good. I've had your pie before, but it was so good. It was pecan too, which is my favorite. <laughs> Look, I'm proud of you for saying pecan. Do y'all say pecan in Illinois, or is it like farther up that says what, pecan? What, what do, you, do people say pecan? Oh, pecan. I never said that. Pecan. Pecan. That's how I. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I was just making <laughs> sure because I was gonna have to correct you and be like, "That's not right." <laughs> I grew uh, up in the town where I don't know, since you're an antiquer and you're over there, you've seen, I'm sure the sign, have you ever seen the ear of corn that says DeKalb and it has wings on it? Mm, You'll see no. this now that I brought it up. Now anyway, I see it everywhere. Yeah. That's my hometown. And, um, so usually when you go to like round top or something, there's always like DeKalb signs or DeKalb hats or something. Cause it's like this corn that's known all over the world. Cause they're the DeKalb signs are everywhere. But, um, Anyway, so I grew up like in like total corn country. Um, And so it's just funny, like the different things, you know, in different areas. But like, and you're probably, I don't know where in Illinois they say pecan or whatever. I don't know if they say it in Illinois. I just didn't know if it, oh, you have to go further north. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, we say, we say pecan, but um, yeah, you still have quite the accent regional thing. Well, people do think I have like a super Chicago accent, which I think Uh. sometimes you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well. It's fine. It's good. Anyway, I know you're not from Texas. <laughs> okay, so First. tell us one book that you're reading right now. Oh girl, my favorite. I, I am like obsessed with this book. It's it's a like kind of a businessy book versus a um a storybook, but it's called Atomic Habits. 
Oh, I keep seeing that one. Okay, so it's it says Atomic Habits, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now. Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. It's by James Clear, and it says an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. Yeah. And one of the things that I've taken from it that I'm just all over that I'm always telling everyone on my Instagram and everything is the 1% rule is like, you do not need to change your entire life in Mm -hmm. a day or in 30 days or in a year. That's not possible. But if you do 1% every day, so you just do one thing. So my 1% at the beginning of the year was just to make my bed every morning. And it's January, what is it? January 27th. And I have made my bed every morning. So I'm creating a new habit that will last because I I took that on, but I didn't also say I'm going to make my bed every morning and lose 30 pounds today. Yeah, that. (laughs) Right? Or I'm going to make my bed every morning and I'm going to give up chocolate or I'm going to, you know, we take on these things that are just too much, but 1%. Mm -hmm. And that's, one of the concepts that I've learned from Atomic Habits, but he's really smart and he goes through all of why we do what we do. And again, back to like my whole life, I feel like that has fascinated me from day one is like why people do what they do and like how to change it if we need to change it. Um, So yeah, Atomic Habits, I recommend it highly. Okay. I'm going to (laughs) go check it out. Okay. um, So tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm great big yes on Instagram, great big yes on Facebook, greatbigyes.com is the website and great big yes for the podcast. And that is on iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. If you go to at great big yes on Instagram, it's usually the easiest because if you click on the link, I have all the connections to all the other stuff on there. You sound like you know what you're doing. (laughs) You sound like you have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) yes I do I know well I love coming on here did you know you're my first podcast that I'm the guest on no yeah let's celebrate I'll meet you halfway I'll bring pecan pie oh my gosh we have to celebrate I (laughs) love it we'll celebrate sometime together in the real world thank you for having me you're welcome thanks for coming on I loved hearing all the things that you're doing and about life coaching thank you and your membership because um I I'm intrigued by all that Oh yeah. It's fun. And just supporting each other and asking each other questions kind of in this private group where things you might be embarrassed about, like, Hey, I don't know how to do an Instagram story. What do I do? But you don't have time to totally research it. That's I'm researching those things to help you guys. So yeah. Awesome. That sounds great for 20 bucks. Okay, friend, I'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. You you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.